Hello, I'm Anthony Sullivan, the British guy with the bad teeth. With oil prices at an all-time high, here's an idea that couldn't have come at a better time. The new wee-wee converter from Sinclair. The 2WC is easy to install and works like any other inline fuel filter. Simply insert your nozzle into the tank like this and the 2WC will convert your bodily fluids into a noble high-octane gas. So noble, in fact, it cleans your injectors, increasing your car's performance. So the next time you have to pull over, why not make yourself useful by calling the number on your screen to receive your Sinclair Wee Wee Converter. To order your 2WC, call 1-800-FILLER-UP and save thousands of dollars in gas for the low price of $19.95. Order within the next 10 minutes and receive a free 2WC Straddler attachment for the ladies. Call now. The only licensed transgender broadcaster. Licensed? <laughs> well, you're tuned to the place where you'll hear the truth. It's the Brit Summit Show. And that's the truth. That's the truth, baby! Yeah, here they are. It's that time of year again. And if you live in Florida, you know what that means. Oi! So they never learn to drive. Once a year they drive down here to ruin our lives. They're disgusting and they're rude. Constipated Pepsi attitude. Here's the Canadians schlepping all around. Looking for a deal on a meal where the service is fine and leave no tip behind. Here's a Canadian driving on down. Causing certain death, turning left when they meant to go right with no signal lights and weaving side to side. Speedos on the beach to show their ugly pasty cellulite, and they want us to believe these cheap mumsers help fuel our economy. Here's the Canadians schlepping all around. Looking for a deal on a meal where the service is fine And leave no tip behind Here's the Canadian driving on down Causing certain death turning left when they meant to go right With no signal lights and weaving side to side Yeah, the whole thing was me. Where's my biopic? <laughs> 95.3-96.9-103.9-1470-WWNN And I say that slowly for good reason. And I'll talk about that in a moment. It's the Brit Summer Show broadcasting live from the land of lost causes. Yeah, a programming note for those who listen to my show on WWNN. There's been a... I'm not going to get into the details, but there's been a big uh, management shake-up here at the station. And uh, whether my show stays on or not... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to me. Everybody I've known for years uh, is gone. Uh, in management, that is. And, uh, and starting with Duff Lindsay, who's been gone for a couple of years because he retired. Uh, he's okay, he just retired. And the Neelys out there, will, will, they'll know who Duff Lindsay is. But he's no longer here. And, uh, and several other people are no longer here. And I'm kind of like on my own. And uh, what are the updates on it? I have no idea. <laughs> I can't tell you. So, <clears throat> if I'm here, I'm here. And if I'm not, yeah, I'm not. But let this be known to my online listeners, whether this show stays on the air or not, it will still be posted weekly as a, I guess it will be just reduced to a podcast. And, and, and that's okay. I mean, that's my bread and butter. Not this. I don't get paid for being on the air. Uh, it's just, and I regard it as kind of a legitimization of me being anywhere, not even a podcast. I mean, if, if, you're not, if you've never been on the air and you just have a podcast, 
<laughs> well, then I would say we'd have to rely on the credibility of the podcaster, the background. Maybe they were on the air, and the ones who were actually broadcasting on the air who can't anymore, uh, they're probably very, they have good podcasts. Why? Because of training. And they know how to keep, you know, there's podcasts I listen to that are done by people I'm actually interested in what they have to say because they're intellectuals and, they, and I learn from them. But as an, an entertainment entity, they don't know. And it's not their fault. But there's no other way to get the word out. Um, and sometimes it's pretty painful to stay tuned because it's like so boring. But, but you can't fault them for that. It's nothing they've ever done before. But if I'm relegated to just being an online podcast, uh, okay. Uh, I'm not saying I'm going off the air. I, don't, I have no idea. Being on or off the air is <laughs> up in the air right now. I mean, for all I know, I'll make it through the 11th anniversary of this show. Yeah, 10 years is a good run, even if they do take it off or whatever. It doesn't mean I have to stop. I mean, I don't have to, so uh, whatever it is. And this primarily goes out to all of my listeners on the radio station. So I I have nothing to add to that outside of, uh, well, uh, keep listening to WWNN. And if uh, I'm there, I'm there. If I'm not, I'm not. And uh, now you know why. (laughs) It won't be because of content. It won't be because of that. It's just because... They're going to have new management in place and they're going to have different ideas of what the, the format's going to be or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, that's their business. Uh, if I'm here, I'm here. If I'm not, I'm not. But I will stay uh, in place, so to speak, uh, online. I mean, I've got the website. I'm on all kinds of networks. So there's no reason to pull a plug. It's just uh, won't be on the air locally. But, uh, you know, the thing is, I have to give a backstory to everything that's going on here so people who don't live locally know what the hell I'm talking about. And that, that's okay. It's annoying. I mean, you just can't sit down and talk about stuff without giving a backstory. I mean, primarily all the Neil Rogers-related stuff. Was, uh, unfortunately, Neil was not nationally syndicated. They tried. Oh, they tried. But for assorted and sundried reasons, it just uh, didn't happen. Howard Stern wanted him on the network. That, that didn't turn out too good. For all of us. But like I said, so, so stay tuned. And uh, if I'm here, I'm here. I'm not, I'm not. I'm be, 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 whatever it is. You've probably heard by now. And it's another thing. Local stories that are based in Florida uh, have a tendency to go national. Just ask Stephen Colbert's writing staff. who <laughs> Can't get enough of death sentence. Who, by the way, since I'm based here, am I allowed to say gay? Can I say because we're not allowed to say gay anymore in Florida. Well, it's it, it's getting close to that. Actually, here's the update on it. The uh, SB 1834, the Don't Say Gay Bill, disguised as a parental rights and education bill. <laughs> and my question to parents is this. Do they have a PTA anymore? Because it's my understanding, at least when when I was in school, my parents, if they had a grievance or wanted to voice their opinion, they just went, they, they went to the PTA, Parents Teachers Association. What, are they gone? Or doesn't it mean anything anymore? Now we have to have the state government muscling in on uh, what should be in the school's curriculum. Now that's what we got to do. Parents always did have rights when it comes to public school boards. Where they don't have rights is charter schools. Yes, charter schools, that's one of those... <laughs> I can put up a charter school. What they do is they collect investors to invest in a charter school and score cash with the local government for for whatever they provide for educational supplementation, whatever it is, they get that. And then what they do, and several several of them have done it, what they do is they go away. Then they make off with the cash and uh, live somewhere. They don't know, not even in this state. Is it a federal crime? Apparently not. Is it a state crime? Yeah, it depends what state. But here, it's a free-for-all. Do what you want. And it always has been. For the la- well, at least for the last 20 years when we've had nothing but Republicans running this place. That's the scheme. 
But yeah, if you listen to these anti-vax Nazis, oh, well, let me tell you what this law says. It requires district school boards to adopt procedures that comport with provisions of law for notifying students, parents on uh, specified information. Requires procedures to reinforce fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding upbringing and control of children. That's what the PTA is for. Again, they're, they're inventing something out of nothing. And it works. Like uh, drinking urine. That's another thing the Republicans are into now. Because it relates to their Taliban brothers. Uh, prohibit schools from encouraging classroom discussions about sexual orientation or gender identity. That is not age-appropriate. What does age-appropriate mean? Or developmentally appropriate. And when, it, when you talk about mentally... You're talking about the Republicans in Tallahassee. So, so far, and and this is what the news isn't telling you, because they're talking about it as if it already passed, but uh, it's gonna, because it's already passed uh, the Education Committee. It's passed, and 15 to 5, the Employment Committee, it passed that. And next, it's due in front of the Judiciary Committee. And once it goes through there, well, it's on to the governor's desk. And here's what the Republicans do that uh, we don't. They filed it again. Because if it does fail, which doesn't look like it is, if it does fail, uh, they filed it again on the 7th of this month. <laughs> they take no chances. And that's what I said last week about the, uh, the voters' rights bill that was killed by President Joe Manchin and uh, Twin Cinema. Well, the only thing, good thing I'll say about Twin Cinema is that uh, she does shave under her armpits. That I'm grateful for. And those are some hefty armpits. But uh, Liz Warren, I don't know what happened. That She said if it failed, they were going to refile to change the rules and keep doing it and keep doing it. That's what she said. And I was confident they were going to follow through. But no, we're Democrats. We go home and sit down. Uh, Republicans, they keep pushing it through and pushing it through. They don't stop. They're relentless. And, and we're like, uh, oh, okay, it's all done. It bell died. Uh, let's take our chances with the uh, primaries. And if uh, the Republican legislatures overturn our votes, uh, we'll, we'll litigate. Well, we'll litigate. Yeah. And when it comes to LGBT rights, <laughs> and I've been through this before, the Republican faggots up in Tallahassee, they're against it. And why do I say Republican faggots? Because, trust me, I'm a trans woman. And those are the guys that hit on us the most. Republicans. And I always say, by day they hate us, by night they date us. And that's what they want. They don't want anybody to know. They do it under the radar. But nothing turns Republicans on more. Nothing gives them a harder boner and tea girls just look at <laughs> just to bear me out uh look at the uh it, it, depending what your source is the ones i've seen uh the top rated pornography online around the world that would be lesbian porn girl on girl porn and bubbling under at number two it is uh transgender porn tea girl porn or as they say in the porn industry shemale porn when you hear the what the, the word shemale that's porn. No trans ever says, I'm a she-male or I'm a he-male. That's uh, strictly a porn term. But you know you know who could verify that? Republican senators and Republican congressmen. It's their thing, baby. So that's why the Republican faggots like Dennis Baxley, who sponsors this bill. Dennis Baxley, who, who's an old pasty, doughy white man, naturally, and represents old, pasty, doughy white men uh, from the villages. The villages! <laughs> Remember when I said that uh, the, the Reagan administration shut down all of the federally funded insane asylums? And since then, the former residents there have run for office and won, and that's what we're dealing with now? Well, there is one... Gra I don't know if they have uh, insane asylums here anymore. Might be a couple. There used to be a lot. Because they were needed. This is Florida. Uh, but not so much anymore. But there is one... The, the biggest insane asylum in the world 
in the entire universe, the biggest insane asylum of all, is the villages. That's right. That's the only place in the country where if you want to vote twice for your Republican candidate, uh, do it there. Because when you're old and white and Republican, that is not regarded as voter fraud. So vote away. Vote 50 times if you want. That's where you do it. In the villages. Which if the uh, the Russians <laughs> with, the, with the Ukraine... If they want to start a war with the U.S. and want to fire a missile at us, aim it there, please. Start with them. The Soviet Union, I should say. Well, the Soviet Union hasn't been around since 1989, and now it's... What is it? It's uh, the Soviet Union, part two. Because uh, the original Soviet Union, they didn't fall. They went out of business. And Putin's job was to regroup into... Uh, start that business up again. And it is the Soviet Union. And by the way, if that ever does happen and you want to seek shelter, uh, I would advise uh, going to Miami Beach or Brooklyn, both solidly Russian. So that the, Miami Beach and Brooklyn will remain unscathed in the event of any kind of attack. You'll be fine there. They're not going to touch their own people. Miami Beach especially. If you drive down there, it used to be uh, you, on, on the uh, Palmetto Expressway, um, there's an accident every 10 minutes and it's always been a bad road. But it used to be like it was caused by somebody going to the cockfights and the chickens jumped out of the pickup truck. That, that's what you usually run into. Now, you get run off the road and your car gets pushed off the road uh, with such force that it flips, up, uh, flips over and over and over. Uh, that would be by a Russian driver because that's how they drive down there. And you'll never see them because the windows are tinted so dark. They drive uh, black SUVs. Could be any of them, you know, a BMW or uh, their preference is the Cadillac one. And uh, that's what driving is like down there. And that's why I don't go. Uh, no! More on that in another show. <laughs> but, but the villages, they're just a, a, a blemish. Uh, 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 on on the on the ass of the universe, cranky, reprobate, uh, old, retired Nazis from the Midwest, who think uh, ketchup is uh, spaghetti sauce. That's who lives in the villages, and they vegetate in front of Fox News, and listen. They hang on to every word they hear on the AM radio. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It still exists, Democrats. It still does. I listen to that. Yeah, you you don't. No, it's all about social media. Yeah, yeah. Okay. When was the last time you got a, a Fox News or a, a fascist right wing drop on on your news feed? Huh? No, you didn't, because uh, social media is only what you want to see. It's what we want to see, unless you're a complete idiot and shouldn't own a computer or a droid or an iPhone. Like like today, I was at the Dollar 25 store, and there they were. By the way, yeah, the Canadians are back. But <clears throat> this wasn't a Canadian. This was some old woman who talked like she was smoking five cartons of Benson and Hedges before she went in there. And uh, again, fumbling and bumbling with the ATM card at the, at the Dollar 25 store. Where, where you bring a, a cash, even... Who uses an ATM when you... <laughs> uh, so it took a half hour to check out of that place because this old woman who, who, who did not use her ATM. And I couldn't get out of my mind that ATM cards were introduced 50 years ago. Now, there's an example of slow learning. These people were remedial back then. They can't figure... 50 years they've had to learn. It was introduced... Down here it was introduced by Sunpeg in 1972. The ATM card. And they still... And these are old people. They were young then. And they still can't figure out how to use an ATM card. At what point... 
the, 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 you become a, a complete stupid idiot. This is the uh, level of intellect that's in, in villages. I don't know how to use the ATM card. Yeah. 1972. How long does it take? I have no cavities. I have no teeth. What's a pin number? You needed, you needed pin numbers in 1972. Moron. Just, there's, there's no other answer for it. That They're just remedial morons and always have been their entire lives. And that's why the villages is perfect. A perfect place for them to go and die. But before they do, they're taking us with them. And that's why they vote that way. Because they're bitter, they're mean, they're cranky, they're old, they're disgusting, and they, they smell like body cheese in the villages. When I shop and get into the cashier line, I'm stuck behind an old bag almost every time. Wearing white slacks to sheer for the states to hide. And farting in line. Farting in line. Farting in line. Farting in line. check as she's farting away but they won't accept checks from the bank of bombay so she scours her change first for pennies or coupons and dimes while farting in line farting in line farting in line farting in STD rate in the state of Florida. You're listening to the Brit Summer Show. And I should point out that this is show number 427, which to my uh, motorhead uh, listeners, eh, that's a significant number. <laughs> but next week will be even better because it's 428. Now, a 428 Cobra jet, and I've been over this, they, they used the sounds of a 428 Cobra jet in 1968 uh, to overdub the soundtrack on Bullet. And ever since 1968 to right now, uh, they use those same engine sound effects of the 428 Cobra jet. And and, and I just saw, because I'm watching uh, the first installment of the last season of Ozark, and they drive a... uh, 2015 Honda Odyssey minivan and he gunned it to take off uh, Honda minivans don't sound like that but to this day they use those very same sound effects 54 years ago they they put that engine sound effect package together and, and they use it to this day and what's funny is it's with cars that even if you did beef them up, <laughs> they would never sound that way. So, yeah, every car in the movies and in television uh, sounds like a 1968 428 Ford Cobra jet engine. <laughs> now, my, my question for Republicans out there, for, for the tribal cultists, uh, how, how's drinking your urine going? Have you lifted a glass lately? That's what Republicans do now. The very same Republicans that want to pass laws against the gay community, they're uh, guzzling their own pee. And, and it all started with uh, this guy, Christopher Key. It's, it's another... Christopher Key. It rhymes with pee. Uh, it, it started... He's a QAnon nut. He belongs in an asylum. But you know something? This goes back to like the, the Tide Pods... Before COVID and all this, I think those were like preliminary tests to just see 
just how gullible, just how stupid people are and how to can be, how you can manipulate the dumbest of the dumb, which would be a Fox News viewer. Uh, and, and it works. And this is what they're capitalizing on. Uh, when, I, when I say there, I'm talking about uh, the pro-Putin Republican Party. Now they're telling their uh, constituents to drink their urine. Uh, they all agree, of course. This is, a, this is a handed down from QAnon, this uh, Christopher Key, who, who uh, drinks his pee. <laughs> that will cure you of COVID, like all the other hokum they tell you to do. There you go, Christopher Key. Have a glass on me. I mean, uh, I wonder if they're, they're doing that in the villages now. I wonder if they're guzzling their own pee. I mean, they, they drink everything else. It couldn't be any worse than uh, down in a bottle of Pepto-Bismol, right? Well, maybe Pepto-Bismol would be an improvement. But that's the level of the intelligence chain they have sunk to the Republican Party. Drink your pee. Anything, anything but take the vaccine. Because if you take a vaccine, that would be like taking a shower. And you don't want to be clean, Hygiene isn't a big theme with the Republican Party. They like stink. That's why Rogan is so... I mean, it's a good thing we don't have Smell-O-Vision or Smell-O-Podcasts. Because that guy, you, you could just tell he hasn't taken a shower in days. And that's what Republicans do. That's where the relatability is for uh, uh, the Taliban and Repu the Republican Party. They love each other because they have so much in common. They don't bathe. They won't take vaccines. And they like to guzzle their own wee-wee. When I shake it down, it gives me such a thrill To get that quiver-shiver from the wee-wee chills After I'm done, I just can't stand still Cause I go <laughs> Nobody talks about it, but it's lots of fun I know that I can't be the only one That shaky, quaky feeling when you squeeze your buns And you go to find out what it is, I call the AFA. They knew about it, but they never gave it a name. I'd like to know if anybody feels the same when they go. I know that women get it, but they won't admit. It's the same no matter if you stand or sit That little shiver quiver you get after you piss and you go Just one more thing about it that I have to say It's something to look forward to on a bad day That shaky quaky feeling we wee chills can make and you go Hey, you've been listening to the Brit Summer Show <laughs> All my listeners on the ground, thanks for tuning in And, and uh, if you can still tune in, that's great uh, if you can't tune in anymore, uh, let me know. Because <laughs> I have no idea what's going on here. But uh, <laughs> if you're hearing this show, then evidently I'm still on. And I appreciate your time in tuning in. And remember, you can just go online and you can hear the rest of this show. Or you can just download it and listen at your own convenience. So I'll see you on the other side. And everybody else on the ground... I'll see you here again next week, I, I think, unless otherwise indicated, on 95.3-96.9-103.9-1470-WWNN. WWNN. Want to do your part for democracy? Be a volunteer driver for Rideshare to Vote. Rideshare to Vote is looking for volunteer frontline drivers. You'll be trained in all aspects of voter rides, basic voting laws, special COVID-19 precautions, and the use of our phone app. To find out more, download the Rideshare to Vote mobile app or call 888-977-2250 for more information. That's one word, rideshare numeral 2 votecom the best music. Thank goodness it's finally Britney Summers on the Brit Summers Show. Ah, oh, it's so nice to pee on tunes. It's such a refreshing thing to do. The restrooms in a fancy place fill all the urinals that way. 
All the ice takes the odor and kills the aroma, that's what it's for. on those cubes I try to melt them all down like they're the enemy in Wee Wee War I use my favorite strategic design by starting from behind until I melt the last one oh and hope the automatic I will flush oh it's so nice to pee on cubes that's something that only guys can do. The restroom in a fancy place. Fill all the urinals that way. All the ice takes the odor and kills the aroma. That's what it's for. Oh, it's so nice to pee on you. As one Republican said to the other Republican, who was enjoying drinking a gallon of their pee, there's more where that came from. You're listening to the Brit Summer Show on Sky Hawk. Oh, they're giving me so much material. Sky Hawk Radio, iTunes, FYI Nation, TuneIn, Stitcher, Patreon, SoFlow Channel, Acast. Oh, and I, I got a, a message from Acast. Now I know what they are. <laughs> uh, they're part of Patreon, I think. I don't know. <laughs> complicated uh so yeah Acast is an extension of patreon or something oh and not to mention radio public but if if my show goes off the uh radio airwaves uh and it wouldn't be again because uh i'm a crazy liberal hysterical tranny in south florida it wouldn't be because of that because of uh management decisions what they're going to plug in the time slot or what they're going to use. Uh, maybe they're going to uh, increase inventory. I know if they decrease inventory, I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a moment to thank all the new listeners to this show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. It's getting a... Yeah, and coming up soon, one of these shows, I'm going to go over the uh, different countries that this show is being listened to. And it should be interesting. I haven't looked in a couple of weeks, but it should be interesting because there have been listens in Russia. And I wonder what they have to say. But they could have been listening because I was playing Leonid and Friends on the show about a year, year and a half ago. And they're very, very good. One thing about Russia, if you're a musician there, you've got to be excellent. You have to be a perfect musician. Because, you know, if you're not, you get their version of the COVID vaccine, which is... Yeah, what do they call it? Sputnik? Yeah, that, that's why we, we don't know what the case number is or the uh, death number is. We'll never know in Russia. It's kind of like Flada, how this place is being run. We'll never know what the numbers are. But in the Soviet Union, you can be assured <laughs> that their version of the vaccine is... Another way of taking a shot. Thanks to all who have generously supported me and support this program. This is the time of show where the organ grinder's monkey holds out the cup and reminds everyone that the donate button is on my website, thebritsummershow.com. And that money goes to good use. One, it puts food in my mouth, and the other, and it pays the bills. And the other thing is, it helps keep the uh, SoundCloud account going, which uh, their rates went up. Yeah. Netflix is going up, too. Jeez, I remember when Netflix was, what was it, eight ninety nine a month? That was, the, that was the fun part about getting Netflix. Now it's going to be almost $20 a month. Well, it's the rate of inflation, and we have to keep up, and they just got to line their pockets more. And okay, there's things I like on there, whatever it is. Uh, but... The funding I receive uh, does go back into the show. And I, and I should point out that someday soon, I'm going to have to upgrade my computer. Well, you know something? I, um, here, here's the Tech Talk segment of the Brit Summer Show. I was looking at, because I'm filling up my terabyte drives. You know, I'm not the brightest person in the world, but I'm not stupid enough to put my intellectual property up on the cloud. I'm not about to just 
hand it off to a, a corporation, which is what you do when you back your personal goods up on the cloud. No, I use an outboard terabyte drive, and I've had, jeez, for years, and they save my shapely ass uh, countless times, like when a computer crashes or something, because I always back up, so I don't lose anything. Uh, uh, long time ago, once in a while, I did lose stuff that wasn't backed up, but, but no, I got most of it. Unfortunately, a lot of requests I get to play things on here, uh, I don't no longer have, which I thought I did and they're gone. Anyway, I had no idea how much the price, speaking of Netflix, that went up. If you want an outboard terabyte drive, multiple terabytes, I'm, I'm talking four terabytes of data storage, four terabytes. That's more than a dozen lifetimes that you could put on there. They're under a hundred bucks. So that would be the uh, next peripheral uh, to be acquired for this studio because uh, I'm filling them up. Doing these shows, I'm, I'm using up more drive space than uh, I did when I was doing uh, comedy bits. And that was a lot. So yeah, you can check it online. It's like uh, four terabytes of data storage for a one-time price, mind you, of under a hundred bucks. And if you're putting it up in the cloud, you're paying each month for that. Oh, I know you get a limited amount of space, you know, an introductory free amount of space. SoundCloud does that. If It's what I'm getting to. If I didn't have the continued support for this show, if I didn't have that, I'd only be able to put five shows up there. Because they give you uh, uh, that much gigabytes to uh, put the, for free. Yeah. If you're interested, yeah, you can use SoundCloud up to five gigs free. But uh, any more than that, you got to pay. And, uh, okay, and they've been okay with me. What I like about SoundCloud is it's stable. They don't change it around on you. They don't pull any surprises on you like GoDaddy does with their mail client. And, oh, by the way, it's uh, to contact me, all the links have, are working. And uh, it is the Brittany Summers Show at Gmail. And that's one T, one M. And there you go. And not to mention my gratitude for the unwavering support of my cherished sponsor and underwriter of the show, Ernie! We love you! Thank you, Ernie! You keep me from losing my pants. Oh, that's right. I don't wear any. Maybe next week I'll uh, pull that one out. And the bit, too. Because I wanted to get to, before the show runs out, I wanted to get to an article that I, it was in the Atlantic. Every time, okay, other than uh, broadcast media, what else does this show talk about most of the time? The situation we're all in when it comes to music. Music. There's an article in the Atlantic by Ted Goya. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing the name wrong. I, it's G-I-O-I-A. But he is a accomplished music historian and He's written a book called uh, The Encyclopedia of Jazz Musicians. <laughs> That's got to be one long book. <laughs> music. From Boca, Brittany. Music. More music. It's relatable to, to what's going on in the music and what I've been saying for years on this show. I've done so many segments about what we've lost thanks to corporate, the corporatization of music. And that, I, you know, I was speaking with a friend of mine, uh, and, and we can relate, because it's like, although you don't appreciate it at the time, I'm really, really grateful uh, for the music culture that I was treated to growing up as a kid, and part of my adulthood, because it was the best music ever in the world, ever, and, it, and it's just, there's no competing They'll never come close again. Well, they could. They could, and that's my point. It could happen again if we could break up the corporations, get more indies out there, and put it back on the air. Because I'll tell you what the big difference is between then and now. Now, you want to hear something new. You want to see what's going on. You want to check out new artists. What do you got to do? You've got to go look. You've got to find it. You've got to do your own research. 
You've got to troll the web. You've got to go all over the internet. You've got to go on YouTube. You've got to go here. You've got to go there and to find something you like. And what's gone is, and what I'm always crying about, is that it used to be right there. It was right there. With the flip of a switch, there it was. What's happening? What's the latest tunes? What's going on? It was right there. And that was called radio. And it's still there, but it's not being used for that anymore. It's just a propaganda machine. They're not... And the FMs? Payola? <laughs> That's all it is. You only play what the corporations tell you to play. Music directors? Won't see them no mo. And what's a music director? Well, let me tell you a little story about a music director, which uh, and anybody who listens to the Rick and Sud show uh, heard this story, but it's, it's true. It wasn't the only time that ever happened. 1973. It was a small pop station on the West Coast. Radio stations used to get demo records in there. And it was up to the music director to put them into rotation. And Paola came in when the, when the uh, record label would come in and you tell, told them what to put on the air. But no... Uh, generally, it was the uh, music director at the station, and it was uh, also compiled by uh, the Billboard charts and all this, most listens, um, phone calls, that sort of thing. But when they got a fresh stack of demos in there, they they listened to the new songs that came out. And the reason I say it's 1973, because one of the records they got was Vicki Lawrence, That's the Night That the Lights Went Out in Georgia. <laughs> and... The- initial reaction was that is the biggest pile of horse crap i have ever seen in my freaking fracking life and they took the 45 and they threw it in the trash and then they shut the door behind them and they were walking home and as they were walking down the hallway at a radio station and then they stopped and looked at each other and ran back into the office Pulled the 45 out and put it on the playlist. It was all about, was all about a hook, really. I mean, they had hooks back then. But this article in the uh, Atlantic says what I've been saying all this time. The 200 most popular new tracks now regularly account for less than 5% of total streams. That rate was twice as high just three years ago. The mix of songs actually purchased by consumers is even more tilted towards Older music. The current list of most downloaded tracks on iTunes is filled with the names of bands from the previous century, such as Creedence Clearwater, The Police. Never before in history have new tracks attained hit status while generating such little cultural impact. And what that means is, that goes back to what I was saying earlier in the show, where you hire a marketing company or or a publicist firm and, and, and... you, their job is to tell them that what you do is good. Uh, and that's how you get, hey, Joe Rogan, that's how that happens. Because one thing, we got a lot of problems in this country, but one thing we really got, one thing that we got that really works well is marketing companies and publicity firms. Uh, wow, they do a great job. Of course, you pay for it, but they do deliver. So anything that's a hit now is generated from a uh, publicist or a, a marketer. And uh, to that point, if you see on, on late night talk shows, they'll have at the very, very end of the show, just when the DVR runs out. And uh, the, the Daily Show, back when uh, Jon Stewart was hosting, they did this too. It's like, what, they got a band on there? What, huh? Where'd that come from? If you ever see a band on like uh, the Stephen Colbert, and I don't know how accurate this information is, but they're paying like on Stephen Colbert. If you've never heard of this band and you're wondering why they're on there, their publicist is paying CBS uh, $150,000 for the spot. And, uh, you know, whether it works or not, I don't know. But how many new bands that were introduced on Late Night lately have you heard of since? And I'm not saying that they were good or they were bad or whatever it was. But they're doing it in a way now where you don't have to make your bones. You don't have to tour grizzled dives where they throw a beer bottle at your teeth. Uh, You don't have to do that now. You just hire a publicist. (laughs) It's like music itself. You don't have to compose. You don't have to arrange. You don't have to learn any uh, instruments. You just uh, get the software. Done. 
the audience seems to be embracing hits of decades past. Success has always been short-lived in music, but now even new songs that become bona fide hits can pass unnoticed by much of the population. And that's, that's what the internet and social media, booty a booty a booty a Only songs released in the past 18 months get classified as new. So people could conceivably be listening to a lot of two-year-old songs, okay, rather than 60-year-old ones. But I doubt these old playlists consist of songs from the year before last. Even if they did, the fact would still represent a repudiation of the pop culture industry, which is almost entirely focused on what's happening now. This guy writes, Every week I hear from hundreds of publicists, record labels and band managers, and other professionals who want to hype the newest new thing. Their livelihoods depend on it. The entire business model of the music industry is built on promoting new songs. As a music writer, I'm expected to do the same as art radio stations, retailers, DJs, blah, 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 blah. Yet all the evidence indicates that few listeners are paying attention. Consider the recent reaction when a Grammy Awards were postponed. Perhaps I should say lack of reaction because the cultural response was little more than a yawn. Some would like to believe this trend is just short term. It's a blip. Perhaps caused by the pandemic. No, this was going on before the pandemic. When clubs open up again, DJs will start spinning and things will turn to normal now. No. No. A series of unfortunate events are conspiring to marginalize new music. The pandemic is one of the ugly facts, but hardly the only contributor to these. Consider these other trends. And here, it sounds like I'm doing my show. Or the show you're so familiar with if you listen right on a regular basis. The leading area of investment in the music business is... Old songs. Investment firms are getting into bidding wars, buying publishing catalogs from aging pop stars. The song catalogs in most demand are by musicians who are in their 70s or 80s. Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, Bruce Springsteen, or already dead, David Bowie, James Brown. The thing is, and I'm adding here, those artists, when they were starting out, were writing their own goods and were scouted by A&R guys, by, by music scouts, sent out by these labels to find new talent because you see the difference between then and now is, yes, they had corporate marketing manipulation. They did have that, the twist. I mean, I could go on. And to some extent, early, the early part of the Beatles, uh, the Brian Epstein days, that was clever marketing. But not to the point of where it's just, okay? It, it's, it's, not, it's just now. Yeah, but we had that back then. And the big, big difference, and I've said this before, is that we had corporate CEOs and people working for A&M Records and for Capitol Records and for Atlantic Records and all of these guys, the big difference between them and the, and the new ones now, all of them loved their product. Even the crooked ones like Roulette Records with Morris Levy and Mercury Records, which was Mafia. Uh, it was all Mafia. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they were manipulating, they were crooked, they, they gave their uh, hit makers a Cadillac and then uh, nothing else. Uh, read the Tommy James book. But the difference is, those songs got on the air, one, because they could get on the air, there was air to put them on, and the other thing is, the ownership that owned all these labels, they really loved music. They maybe didn't understand it, they weren't musicians themselves, but they dug it. They liked the product they were selling, so they wanted to cultivate it and find more talent and develop new things. Now, it's just MBAs that are uh, trying to fail upwards. That's it. And that's why music is pretty much dead. And I'm talking about rock and roll. Anytime you go into, there's going to be small music clubs where there's rock bands. Well, you know, they're all cover bands, and they're probably very good. Uh, but they have original material, and, and not to mention, you could see on YouTube, aspiring artists with new material and all that. Well, well what, what do you do? Number one, you don't know who they are. You don't know where to find them unless they just fall into your feed somewhere. What's missing is, again, and I always talk about the, the political angle of uh, radio broadcasting, but, but here's why it's important. And the FM still do it, only with rap, though. That's it. All, all, only with rap. 
No other form of music because music is now segregated. I mean, really, there's nothing else on the air outside of oldies and smarm. Like uh, Along the Ghost, we play soft, your soft favorites, uh, yacht rock from the 70s. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all program. It's all bullshit. That's what's going on now. It's, it's not for everybody. It's segmented. Uh, the, the FMs, like I was saying, it's, it's uh, either EDM or, or rap. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, a new jack format? Well, that's what you get on the FMs. There's very few. All the big rock FM stations are pretty much gone now. And, and, and you know why? And one of the reasons, first of all, they were bought up cheap, cheap bargain bin prices. Like WPLJ, one, a couple of million for a gigantic flamethrower like that FM. Uh, and some uh, religious organization buy, it was buying all of them. And they're on standby. Yeah, watch that space. But FM, in short, is not offering anything new. Nothing new. Uh, I remember 20 years ago working at uh, QAM because I was sister station of Power. And Power 96 was making and taking phone calls regarding the music they play. I don't think they do that anymore. You know why? That requires personnel. Let me say, and everything's algorithms now, so why bother? But that's it. I mean, everybody running what's left of the music industry right now, they're not into music at all. That's, that's something they never heard of. Even major record labels who are participating in the rush to old music, Universal Music, Sony Music, Warner Music, and others are buying publishing catalogs, which I've been over on this show, and investing huge sums in old tunes. In a previous time, that money would have been used to launch new artists. That's too much of an investment, isn't it? And he goes on. Record labels, once a source of innovation in consumer products, like I was saying, don't spend any money on research or development to revitalize their business. None. Not a nickel, not a dime. In every other industry, they look to innovate for growth and consumer excitement. No, not in the music business anymore. They just don't care. Radio stations are contributing to the stagnation, putting fewer new songs into their rotation. I didn't even get to this part, and I was right. Judging by the offerings on satellite radio lineup, uh, completely ignoring new music in favor of old hits. When a new song overcomes these obstacles and actually becomes a hit, the risk of copyright lawsuits is greater than ever before. Additional cash gets transferred from today's musicians to old or deceased artists. Adding to the nightmare, dead musicians are now coming back to life in virtual form. Yeah, I know. I, that part I don't like. The holograms and the deep fakes. And it makes it harder for young living artists to compete in the marketplace. As record labels lose interest in new music, emerging performers desperately search for other ways to get exposure. They hope to place their self-produced tracks on a streaming playlist, or, or on, uh, for advertising, those options might generate some royalty income but do little to build name recognition. You might hear a cool song on a TV commercial, but do you even know the name of the artist? No, they don't tell you. Haven't I done this on the show? Uh, I'll tell you because they don't give credit to who wrote the song or to who performed it. This is a very good point. How many song titles and band names do you remember? You stream a Spotify new music playlist in the background while while you're working or something, but did you bother to learn who is singing the songs? No. To be continued, I'm not going to have time to, to finish this, but uh, I, I'm going to finish this next week. But real quick to the uh, point of corporate using popular songs to sell their goods or services. Uh, Applebee's is a violator of them. I'm certain they pay the rights, but they don't tell you who it is. And currently, they're using the theme to Cheers, which, yeah, it was a TV show theme, but it was also on the radio. So it was a, a minor hit. And it was written by Gary Portnoy and uh, Judy Hart. And good for them. You know, they didn't make a lot of money when they, they did that song. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident that they're getting a nice check. But the least Applebee's can do when they whore out our music is at least say who the artist is or, or, or who did it or wrote it. Any, any kind of, just a little bit of credit to the art. I mean, I know they're getting a check, but it'd be nice if 
people know, I mean, there's a whole generation now that doesn't know who these people are. And Applebee's, my, my, by the way, is uh, based in uh, Kansas. They're, they're obviously a very right-wing organization. And if you see that commercial, great as that TV theme song is, you'll notice that all of the white people in that spot are not wearing masks. Sure, come on in Applebee's. You don't need a mask. And we'll serve you a heaping bowl of COVID. But I wanted to go out with uh, one of the things, because nobody mentions, uh, I mean, even if you've got Spotify or if you've got the uh, SiriusXM or whatever, unless you're looking at the screen that's playing the song, you don't, or they'll, they'll tell you who it is with the scrolling graphics of what's playing. They'll, they'll do that. But there's no DJs. There's no... There's no back announcing. There's no introductions. Nobody ramps up a song anymore. Even that took a certain amount of talent and timing. Well, what they got now is what's called voice tracking, which could be anybody from any city or any town uh, just reading a few lines, like I do right here. And then you just plug them right in. No one's sitting there playing records. Well, that's a, they could fit on a thumb drive everything they play on SiriusXM. But I just wanted to pull something out of the... Uh, Old and Oldie Dustbin, that, a song that I, I, I thought was one of the catchiest fun songs to come out in the late 60s. Uh, it was by Derek. <laughs> it wasn't a big hit, but uh, you'll notice a year later, um, the Archies had the big hit with the Sugar Sugar. That was Ron Dante. And Ron Dante was friends with Andy Kim. And Andy Kim wrote similar songs better known for uh, Rock Me Gently, which came out in 74. But in 68, he was a Canadian composer who uh, put bubblegum together. And uh, there was an artist named Johnny Symbol who changed his name to Derek. And if I was still doing comedy bits, which I'm not anymore, because there's nowhere to play them outside of my show, and that's kind of like masturbation. So with this Kirsten Twin Cinema, if I, if I did a parody again... It would be to this for cinema. Enjoy. Sneaking down your alleyway, knocking on your door. Thought I had enough, but I'm back for more. like that song and it never really went anywhere i don't even think it broke the top 20 back then but uh, it was it, it, I, I i just i adore it does that make me gay hey. oh whoop! you're not allowed to say that we're in florida there are no gays here unless you're a tallahassee republican oh self-hating homos that they are okay that's going to wrap it for this show i thank you all for tuning in to this week's brit summer show and to my affiliates, Skyhawk Radio, iTunes, 
FYI Nation, TuneIn, Stitcher, Patreon, SoFlow Channel, Acast, and whatever hell uh, Radio Public is. Until next time, this is Brit Summer saying, Adios, Fredonia. (laughs) 